Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I'm JP Mosier. And we're here breaking down the greatest songs of like our lifetime plus a few years that we enjoy. And we're going to tell you why they're great, why we love them, and why we think you should too. JP, how you doing today, man? Fantastic. Just had a tasty little Taco Bell meal. Mmm. Yeah. Cheese stuck in your teeth. That's right. All right. Absolutely. You guys can't see it today, but JP is wearing an absolutely major uh, Great Song Podcast t-shirt. Uh, it is incredible. Handcrafted by my wife. Handcrafted? I don't know. Handcrafted is the right word. Did she make that shirt? She made this shirt. <laughs> I mean, come it's, on. Yeah. You doesn't get much better than a handcrafted t-shirt. Handcrafted. You know, this is just a little side note, not really music related, but my wife likes to crochet. <laughs> and so, like, she gets these crochet magazines, and they try to make you think that people will actually wear some of the things that are in these magazines <laughs> that, like... Literally, there's an episode dedicated to prom dresses that have been crocheted, like hand crocheted prom dresses. And I'm telling you, there is no teenager on earth. They make bathing suits, crocheted bathing suits made out of like wool. Like, <laughs> Should be a pot holder. Who's going? Yeah. Like, cro- yes, exactly. You know, you crochet a hat. Like, that's cool. You know, crochet a blanket. But doggone if I'm going to try and wear some wool like hand crocheted bathing suit. Crochet sounds like croquet to me. Have you ever played croquet? Uh, back when I was in elementary school, I think I was terrible. Yeah. Uh, but the mallets, I enjoyed the sound that that it made when you yeah. hit the thing. That's a good yeah. auditory uh, stimulus. Anyway, we, we know you guys are here to this. listen <laughs> to us talk about crocheted bathing suits. <laughs> But uh, I'm sorry, but I'm afraid we're going to have to get to some music here at some point. Uh, So today we're talking about uh, an amazing song that is actually kind of a a work of two great artists. um, And that is End of the Innocence, written by Don Henley and Bruce Hornsby, uh, performed most famously by Don Henley, um, who is, of course, a member of one of the all-time great bands. The Eagle. The Eagles. Them Eagles. Them Eagles. That's what we call them in the South. You hey, uh, you get that new, uh, you get you see them Eagles? You ever seen the Eagles live? No, never you. I've seen them twice, and it is one of the longest concerts I've ever been to. Because they each do, like they do a whole set of Eagles stuff. Yep. And in the middle, they all did solo sections. Wow. Like Don Henley did one, Joe Walsh did one. It was really cool. Did uh, Timothy... Uh, he did. Really? He did two songs. Forgive me that I don't remember which one. Wow, I didn't... Yeah, Timothy uh, B. Schmidt. Yes, Timothy B. Schmidt. Wow, okay. Um, who's your... Uh, if you had to... If if you had to pick one member of the Eagles to only listen to their solo stuff for the like, if you couldn't listen to the Eagles anymore and you couldn't listen to Does that include like Joe Walsh, James Gang stuff. Sure. Or, okay. I'll count it. Yeah. 
Even with that, I'd still go Don Henley. Really? Yeah, I would. Okay, I, like I would probably go Joe Walsh. Yeah, I just, I just love the guy. As a matter of fact, we're gonna do, we're gonna do an episode sometime on um, "Life's Been Good." Okay, that's a good. One. That song is just incredible, and and a work of art as a production. Uh, but today we're talking about "End of the Innocence," Don Henley's title track. Uh, of his third album, which was uh, obviously since it's the title track, you now know that it was also called End of the Innocence. You want to play a little of it? Let's hear a little bit of it. Here it is. End of the Innocence by Don Henley. There we have the beautiful sound of Don Henley's 1989 single, End of the Innocence, title track of his third solo album by the same name. Um, it was. Uh, it is not on Billboard's 500 Greatest Songs list, um, but the album itself uh, is sitting at number 389 on the Rolling Stone 500's greatest, 500 Greatest Albums list. What's 388 and 340? You know what's around it? Uh, three, um, 390. Oh, 390. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> 388, 389, 340. I mean, I didn't really, I didn't really, really look up 340. Sesame Street. But, uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> just below it on that list uh, is Elephant by the White Stripes coming in at 390. Uh, and coming in just a notch ahead of it at 388 uh, is called The Indestructible Beat of Soweto. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. It is S-O-W-E-T-O. It's a collection of African folk songs uh, featuring Lady Smith, Black Mombazo, and others. Um, Henley would have probably jumped it had he gone with a different album cover. I, looking, looking like George McFly on here. <laughs> For those of y'all that haven't seen the cover of End of the Innocence, do yourself a favor and look up George McFly on yeah, the cover. Let's not kid ourselves about his haircut. Yeah. <laughs> let's just not pretend like that. Anything about that is okay. Um, he is smoking a Virginia Slim, though. Him <laughs> I mean, look, he's doing his best to look super cool, and, you know, God bless him for it. Good job. But um, um, Yeah, do we want to talk about the album, or do you want to go... Let's... We're, where do you want to go next? I think there's some interesting things about the album itself. Um, 
mostly, of course, I'm a big fan of some of the personnel who played on this album. Sure. Uh, you know what? Why don't we take a second and meet the band? How about it? Hey, let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. All right, I'll kind of spearhead the meet the band section. Um, probably the most notable person that I saw on this particular song is a guy named Wayne Shorter who plays saxophone on this. He yep. actually played with Miles Davis. Did you yeah. did you look up the history on here? I did. About He's actually a kind of, Wayne Shorter's kind of a jazz legend. Yeah. Um, and when John Coltrane left Miles, he suggested Shorter, and Miles went with some guy named Stitt. I don't remember his first name. And then know. later he came back and picked up Shorter because he's like, that yeah. guy's pretty good. And uh, had had kind of a legendary group called Weather Report. Yeah. Uh, Wayne Shorter. So he also wrote uh, all the music for the 1993 Harrison Ford film, Harrison Ford film, The Fugitive. Are you serious? Yeah, Wayne Shorter, Wayne Shorter wrote the music for The Fugitive. Interesting. When you're jumping off trains, think of Wayne Shorter. <laughs> I mean, mm, yeah, the one, the one armed. You know what? I don't. Who was it? Who? Uh, a murderer with one arm and one leg is that one eyeball uh, that sounds right yeah. <clears throat> i need anyway. to go back and watch the fugitive again yeah let's all right everybody uh, pause right now go watch the fugitive come, and come back, back in seven hours we'll, when discuss. It's over. we'll um, discuss yeah uh, keyboards on it obviously bruce hornsby the aforementioned bruce, bruce. and uh another guy named timothy drury of white snake actually put in some key stuff of on the white ba- snake? yeah on the back he actually does the under keypad wow on that. bruce plays the top part but man nothing like bruce hornsby and white snake that's quite a combo and uh the bass was actually done on keyboard by yeah. a guy named jail winding jail winding okay yeah, yeah. good for that. him and uh obviously henley played drums on this percussion by michael fisher and uh the drums and percussion also put in here on top with a guy named stan lynch who played with tom petty and the heartbreakers yeah i saw a little bit on him as a as a guitarist on the on the album yeah i this track honestly oh yeah he played guitar if, sorry, I think. if you didn't know that it was don henley like if you took his voice out of it you could easily put this track on the album songs from the south side by bruce hornsby oh yeah and, and it would totally cool. belong like everything about this the the actual sounds of it the pad the, drum the drums the yeah. synth bass everything is there it really sounds like a hornsby track with henley's vocals over the top of it which is ironically enough my favorite hornsby album even though it's not the most popular by far it's probably the least popular definitely probably by a long really shot like scenes I, from the south side i love it um um, also stuff on that album while we're talking about band members and such there were two other top 40 hits on that album yeah uh, Last Worthless Evening Good and one. Heart of the Matter which I Great. love we could do another episode Dude, on Heart of the Matter we might the Just guitar the, intro uh, the, the, oh my gosh you know what let's let's listen to the intro to Heart of the Matter this, just right listen now. this is beautiful Just that beautiful, chimey, clean guitar, I mean, gets me every time. But actually, my favorite song on the album is not End of the Innocence, okay. and it's not Heart of the Matter. It's New York Minute. Oh, I yeah. love New York Minute. It didn't make the top 40. Really? Uh-uh. That's it was, surprising. It did not. Um, but bass on that, 
Pino Palandino yeah. played bass on that, um, who is from the John Mayer Trio and right. played with the Who. We're millennials, so we associate yeah. Pino Palandino no, with, with John, John Mayer, Mayer Trio, not the Who. Even, even though, though he was already popular enough to be playing for Don Henley in the late yeah, 80s. Yeah, he played with everyone, too, but I was trying to make it a little more modern for you guys. Uh, Jeff Procaro on drums yeah. from Steely Dan. Um, Dave Page from Toto. And the background vocals of that song are by Take Six. You remember Take Six? Really? I L O V E U. Yeah. You remember that? Christian yeah, Band, yeah, yeah. Take Six. They did all the background vocals on that. Wow. And I think Jeff Porcaro also from Toto. He, yes. Yeah. Right. He played with Toto and Steely Dan. So. Yeah. Um, and I, I also noticed, okay, we had Pino Palladino on that song. Did you know Steve Jordan also played yeah. drums on this album? Yeah. Steve Jordan. I didn't, I had him here, but I didn't know which song. I, I didn't either. I, I, it was pretty unclear. The stuff I was looking at, what song, who played on? Yeah, it, it's tough to tell. Even looking at the at the inner liner notes on some, um, I can go back through and, and pat, pinpoint here in the minute. Which made me interject. ask. It made me ask the question. How oh, here old? it is. I found it. He played on Shangri La. Okay, so I asked. I had to go like, how old are these guys? Like, I thought, <laughs> oh, they're John Mayer's band. You know what I mean? They're probably, they're <laughs> yeah. probably, you know, thirty five. You know, whatever. No, man. Like Steve Jordan was born in nineteen fifty seven. So like my dad Joker's, was born. Dead Joker's 60. Yeah. Like, okay. I mean, happy birthday, thing, man. Yeah. Still out there kicking it like, I mean, just still laying down fresh grooves that were born yesterday. You yeah. know what I mean? The feel is, you know, ju- it just goes to show you like ageism is bad. Actually, Steve Jordan played guitar on here too. He did. I saw that he yeah. played some uh, electric guitar. Wah, wah guitar, it says and on the interliner notes. It's so weird. So do your thing, Steve Jordan and Pino Palladino. Go get them. Um, go get them. Um, other notable mentions on the album, background vocals provided by Axl Rose. Yes. On here. Uh, Patti Smith and yep. Sheryl Crow. And Sheryl Crow. Sheryl Crow. I, uh, I, I read... Um, on If Dirt Were Dollars. <laughs> I, I listened to uh, an interview with Don Henley from a, uh, from a uh, guy named Redbeard, and, um, and he was talking about the album, but p- part of what he talked about was the first time that before... Okay, apparently Don Henley has a reputation for being a pretty serious guy. He does not enjoy being trifled with. Um, he is now, like if you go see Don Henley in concert, you have to give up your phone as you enter. I didn't know that. Like it's, he's kind of a stickler. They'd be like, what is that? If I handed it to him? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Never mind. You, you can keep yours. You can keep yours, sir. You're <laughs> just okay. Hang, just hang on to it. Just play snake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, For those of y'all that don't know, I still have a flip phone. JP's got the flip phone. Still living in that eight bit age. Um, <laughs> So anyway, Henley kind of is apparently kind of a prickly guy, and um, and so like this guy uh, Redbeard before he would even allow him to be interviewed, he wanted to meet him first and make sure he was like serious enough, uh, and so he had him meet him the night before the interview at uh, at like a restaurant or whatever. And one of the things that he said was there was a, a, a one of his uh, management team was with him. And then there was a lady that was with him and he never, um, never officially introduced or whatever. But she he said the manager or somebody said, you know, this is oh, this is Cheryl. She's one of the singers or whatever on the album. Years later, he realizes, oh, snap, that was Cheryl Crow. Like, oh, crap. And but one of the interesting things that he said was in introducing or half introducing Cheryl to to Redbeard, he says she was on tour. uh, She used to tour with Michael Jackson, which I I knew that people who know about kind of Cheryl Crow's background know that she was a background singer. If you've never seen Google search 
uh, Cheryl Crow with Michael Jackson. She had some amazing hair. Um, <laughs> but th- what the guy said was, this is Cheryl. She used to tour with Michael Jackson, and she would double all his vocals off to the side for the parts when he would dance and couldn't, ah, couldn't I carry the melody That's while cool. he would dance. Cheryl Crow was, sang the, was the singing. Lead, the was, Michael Jackson part. Yeah, was being Michael cool. Jackson's double when, when he was doing really dance-intensive sections of songs. That's awesome. We won the world. I like that. Yeah. I like that. That's neat. All right, a little Cheryl Crow trivia. Uh, you got anything else on band, on, on, on personnel? Uh, not particularly. Oh, wait, I do have an Axl Rose tie-in. Okay. Um, because he sang background vocals. I gotta remember which song. I should have looked that up. He sang background on one of these songs. I'll look it up here in a minute. But since he did that, um, then they had the Video Music Awards that year. And Don Henley actually played drums at the Video Music Awards for Axl on Patience. He wow. came out and played live nice. on Patience the same year. Go Don Henley. Good job, Don. Way, to, now, and way to repay your friends. He didn't really do a ton of drums on this album, if any at all. Uh, he, at this point, was was really pushing himself, uh, thinking of himself primarily as a songwriter and not as a drummer anymore. Now, that, that'll tie into my... I did have this as a question. Do you think Don Henley is mainly a drummer who sings or a singer who plays the drums? Like, how would you... Well, I, I primarily think of him... I primarily think of him now as a as an artist, uh, as a as a writer and a, okay. and a songwriter. So neither of those two, not more a vocalist or a drummer, but a writer. If you say, no, if you say the name Don Henley, I'm probably going to think first of a vocalist. Okay, yeah, for the Eagles or by himself, just in just just a singer, uh, yeah, covering it all. You got any top five singing drummers? Like who's top, your top five singing five? drummers. Uh, who's the guy from Restless Heart? Oh man, I love those guys. You remember yeah, that? I, saw, I don't remember his Hart, name. Yeah, country pop country. Band I saw them from the, at uh, CMA Music Fest this past. He year. had an amazing mustache. When she cries, let me tell you about it. Oh, when she cries at night, bluest eyes in Texas. Yes, yes, yes. I love me some Restless Heart. So, I don't even have them on my list. Whoever that like, dude is, that dude from Restless Heart, <laughs> that dude from Restless Heart, he's uh, number would five. Make my list. How about you? Uh, Phil Collins was my number oh, one. Yes. That's, I, I mean, thought that was kind of a gimme. Huh. Okay, do you think of... See, I, I almost never think of Phil Collins as a drummer. I mean, I, I, I He's do, a front man now. He's a singer. But yeah, for those of you that know, he played so long. drums with Genesis. He still opens all his concerts on drums. Um, I've got to see that guy live. Yeah, that's he's on my bucket list, too. Um, I, I I don't put Ringo on the list. Even Sorry, babe. My wife loves Ringo, but not... Because of his... Drumming and vocally. Really? I don't think Ringo makes the cut. Sorry, I'm a Beatles fan, but I don't think he's in the top five. Um, I did... I've, I've, made, the, I've made the statement, I've, I've publicly stated that I think Ringo is an underrated drummer. Really? I don't think he gets... I've it. seen him twice, and I would <clears throat> not say that. I don't think he gets enough credit for his his feel his pocket i thought, I thought his drum sounded amazing <laughs> yeah. and he just did some he did some unique stuff that just it wasn't i mean you know ahead he, of his time you think i don't know about ahead of his time but it was just it was just fun like i don't know i just enjoyed it stuff that you wouldn't do now it wasn't necessarily like pocket stuff you know he would do kind of weird stuff and throwing random triplets where they didn't belong and you know stuff like that but i don't know i just kind of enjoyed it I just kind of like to hear him hear him on the drums. But as a singer, I mean, kind of me. I did put Karen Carpenter in there. Karen Carpenter. She's my female okay. drummer reference. Yeah. Um, Mickey Dolan's of the Monkees. I thought he was yes, pretty good. good call. I've seen him. I've seen them twice. Good call. So he really? made my list. Hold on. Pause. You've twice. seen the Monkees twice. Just two. Well, there's just two. You, two remaining. Two remaining. Because Mickey and Davey are both yeah. well, no, no longer with us, right? Mickey. May- 
I saw the monkeys twice. No, I, maybe I, I haven't seen Mickey. Sorry, I saw Davy and it's whichever two are alive. I've seen them twice at the Ryman. Sorry, monkeys fans. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I should know. No, but now I feel like Peter, I'm confused. Are Mickey and Davy both dead, or is no. Mickey still alive? Let's do some homework. Let's oh, pause and look that up. Man, here we come. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, right, so, we, did. we had to take a pause break there because we don't know our monkeys we, <laughs> trivia as well. You know, it's I just, have seen Mickey. It's hard to keep up with the monkeys. Uh, uh, listen, only Davy, Mickey R. Dolan's. If you're listening. I'm so sorry. I thought you were dead. <laughs> we'll get you on the next one and I interview mean, you. I feel like you deserve better. <laughs> I, I'm like, I know the monkeys just released a new album. Surely Mickey was on it. But then I thought, I don't know. I'm just, I'm real sorry. Great singer. Mickey. Mickey, you're sorry. a great you're singer. You're one of our favorite you're singing drummers. You're our favorite singing drummers. You made the top five. Oh. Uh, and my last one was uh, Dean Castronova, who now plays with okay. Journey, um, yes. who used to be with Bad English. Um, yes. He now does a lot of the Steve Perry stuff live. He does Faithfully, and he does uh, one of their other ones. Um, that's pretty big Steve Perry hit. So. I, I think recently, now, this is, this is some hot news here, and I could be wrong because I just... Thought that Mickey Dolenz was dead, <laughs> but uh, I think he was recently uh, released from Journey because oh, of yeah. some drug issues. I did not know that. Yeah, so oh, we'll do a but, Journey episode. Hey, we'll pick Dean a Journey Castronovo, stuff. if you're listening, I'm real sorry you got released from Journey <laughs> for being on drugs. <laughs> But we like you. You're in the top five. Yeah. And if that happens to not be true, I'm sorry about that also. We apologize for anything that we just, uh, that Rob just slandered you. <laughs> we will pay royalties later. Okay. So, um, so Don Henley, yes. Singing, drummer. I, it's always, it's, it's, it's not the easiest thing in the world to sing and play drums at the same time. Uh, but he pulls it off. He, he doesn't, it's, he doesn't do anything too busy. If you've ever seen, you know, the Eagles live where he's playing, he, he pulls it off pretty well. Um, into the innocence, uh, hit number eight as a single on the billboard hot 100 in, uh, 1989. Um, and the music video actually got some, yeah. uh, That's got it. some, uh, accolades. I think it won an MTV, uh, video award. Best male video, 1990. Best male video. <laughs> um, and it was do you have this? Yeah. Directed by David, David Fincher. Fincher. Yeah. Who, Do y'all know uh, who he is? He, you may know from uh, Fight seven, Club. Seven. Seven. Uh, some other weird movies. I think he does a lot of weird stuff. So how he ended up yeah. with Don Henley, yeah, I'm not one. sure. Um, y'all, have you seen the video? It's in black and white. It's been a long time, but I have seen it's it, cool. yes. I like, I like black and white videos. Um, and uh, so... That's interesting. It's always it's always cool to find like these. You know, David Fincher's a major name in Hollywood now, and he's you know he started doing music videos and and uh, stuff like that. Did you look up where the music video was recorded? It was done in Waxahachie, Texas, okay. but it was in a place called outside. It was outside Roger's storehouse, and that's ironically enough where Bonnie and Clyde stayed. Okay, and they also shot, I think, in front of uh, the the song itself. This will get us into the theme of the song. Uh, this, the, uh, of course, it's titled "The End of the Innocence," and so that is sort of the uh, the theme of the song is um, the. It's really about the end of the wide-eyed optimism of the baby boomer generation american innocence uh, yeah and american innocence in general um and uh and so they i think they shot the video in several different locations that were indicative of that i think they shot in front of uh did they shoot in front of the place where kennedy was shot oh, i don't know uh, I that. they shot in, in, in several different knoll. locations where yes from the grassy knoll <laughs> um shot in several locations that were that were famous or infamous uh for their you know, 
events that took place there that were sort of indicative of this chipping away at the you know uh, innocence of of American culture, um, and and the song itself you know deals with this um, in a, in a very sort of poetic way. You know, it's it's and it's not like it's not it's not America bashing. I don't think I don't get that impression. Um, but it's sort of grieving the, um, you know, there's a, a, I read that, um, Henling was driving, um, in Texas where he's from. I did not realize he was from Texas. Um, doesn't strike you immediately as, oh, obviously that guy's from Texas. You mean Uh, this guy on the uh, album cover (laughs) is not from Texas? Looking like James Dean, uh, doesn't, doesn't immediately hit me as Texan. Um, but, uh. But he, he apparently he was driving and, and heard that his heard on the radio that a friend of his was being indicted for securities fraud. And this was apparently a big thing in, in the moment in the late 80s. Uh, you know, lots of people today. It's, uh, you know, the Ponzi schemes and whatever. Then it was uh, securities fraud and junk bonds and stuff like that was the big financial um, uh, crimes of of the moment. And um yeah. Go ahead. Nope. I was just going to go back and tie into the American tie-in and Mm -hmm. the the lines that deal with, uh, like, Reagan and music. I know that – did you read anything on that? You know, there's a line in there that's kind of a pot shot at Reagan about beating beating, uh, plowshares into swords for this tired old man that we elected king. Yeah. Um, Have you heard what Bruce does live? He changes the line. Yeah. And I've I wondered if you've never heard it. Bruce Hornsby does this song live uh, at just about every show, and he says once Reagan died, he said uh, for that tired old man that's no that longer is no king, longer king, yeah. right? Um, and so it honestly makes me wonder if maybe uh, Hornsby doesn't share the degree of Henley's uh, political um, ideology. If that's why he changes it, or if he just changed it because Reagan's not president anymore and. And he's also dead. I don't know. Um, I don't really know. One day we'll get to talk to Bruce Hornsby on this podcast and we'll ask him. We'll just ask, hey, what do you think about Reagan? What you, here's a question you haven't been asked him in, in 30 years. And what do you think about Ronald Reagan? I actually looked up some stuff on Reagan at that time, like Reagan in music, like songs that have to see if that yeah, was a common theme. Yeah. yeah, references. Uh, Old Man Down the Road, John Fogarty. Uh, Ronnie talks to Russia and Annie Christian are both about the Reagan, the Reagan assassination attempt, and they're both by Prince on the Controversy album. Hmm. Um, and actually, Henley had another song about the protest contras in Nicaragua. All she wants to do is dance. Is about that? Really? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I looked up the history on that. This is not. We're not talking about that song, but that's what that's about. Huh. It's uh, contras in Nicaragua. Um, but my favorite song um, in that kind of genre is Russians by Sting. Yeah. Where he took a jab at Reagan and the. Soviets and pro nuclear rhetoric. Yes, so I do love. Russians. Oh, that's such a great that's, song. That's a good one. We're gonna have to mark that one down for future. Yeah, that uh, one we may revisit reference. that later. Oh, and sidebar in the Reagan thing, Henley dated Reagan's daughter. What? Yes, and he also dated Stevie Nicks in the seventies. So uh, I feel like, I mean, let's just. I feel like there probably are just a handful of rock stars who probably didn't date Stevie Nicks in the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, Lindsey Buckingham. I mean, <laughs> I mean um, listen, Stevie Nicks, if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just apologizing to everybody today. Dean Castronova um, and Stevie Nicks on tour. And Mickey Dolan. And Mickey Dolan. I'm so sorry to all I'm... of you. Um, my condolences. Oh, yes. Condolence. <laughs> That's awesome. That's the uh, line of the day. 
I don't know Stevie Nicks. I'm sorry. She's just not my cup of tea. Yeah. But okay. Reagan's daughter. Reagan's yeah. daughter. How about that? Yeah. Uh, do you remember the, going to, to references to Reagan and music, do you remember the weird Genesis video from the, had to be the late 80s, I think. I think it was Land of Confusion. Yeah. Maybe well, the video yeah. That had everybody. The cl- weird, claimation. Weird words puppets. That, yeah. yeah couple, like, and definitely yeah. there was a Reagan and Gorbachev. Oh, yeah. With a weary, weird looking face. Have you heard Disturbed's version of that? It's I have. It's really pretty, good. Yeah, it's, it's pretty really good. awesome. Um, yeah, Disturbed has a thing for good covers. They yeah. recently did a good cover of uh, Sound of Silence. Sound of Silence. Yeah, I liked it too. Man, uh, that's uh, to be able to own a cover and really make it yours. Yeah. and make it something different is it's, confession. I kind of being confession. I like Disturbed. Yeah, I'm not mad. Do. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at, at Disturbed. <laughs> you know, I got. Um, yeah, it's great. Um, every time I think of Disturbed now, though, I think of this Vine uh, from a couple years ago. R.I.P. Vine. I miss you every day. Um, but I think of this Vine of this guy singing uh, what the sickness. Uh, down with the sickness. Down with the sickness at a karaoke bar. And uh, it comes around and he's it's like building up at the beginning, you know, and that first thing, it's got that. And, and this guy just botches it. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if he's drunk. Or what, or just doesn't have, or if he's nervous, you know what I mean? He's not trying to put himself out there. Don't miss that one. Night. But man, he comes along and it's like late, right? And, it, and it, he's like, ooh, ah, 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 ah. Like, it's so bad. So bad. He's like, ooh, ah, ah, ah. Like, yeah. oh, it's so awful. Anyway, guy, you just blew karaoke night. But if you're listening, though, I'm sorry. Thanks listen, for listening to our podcast. I appreciate the listen. Follow us on Twitter at Great Song Pod. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm real sorry about your bad karaoke. They got caught on video. Everybody's done it, but you just got caught. You just got caught. You just yeah. got caught. That's all. Um, yeah, the only other lines that I really have on here, the the lay your head on the ground, let your hair spill all around me. That, the yeah. physics of that. Physics. I'm like, physically, I'm, I'm doing the... I literally never never noticed that until today. I was doing a last read-through of the lyrics <laughs> before we got started, and I went, now wait a minute. How long Hold is on. this girl's hair? Lay your hair... Right. Is it? Does it... Is she Rapunzel? Yeah. That like, if she is standing up and then lays down really fast. <laughs> that, that Whiplash her, with hair. And so does he. Web. And then her hair is still still coming down because it was so high up in the air. There was so much of it. Yeah, that's not really possible. And then I think maybe they're laying like head to head like in the hair that way. Okay. But maybe she just has really long they're, hair. They're I don't just know. like laying... Like head to head, feet opposite yeah. each other, looking up into the. That makes sky. it a little better. Doesn't it? I can live with that. Uh, but yeah, the, when I heard it, and I was reading the lines too. I was like, "No, wait a minute! I've never analyzed this line before." Interesting. Okay, uh, or I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna broach this topic while we're talking about the chorus and we're talking about the lyric. Uh, okay, the lyric to the chorus says, uh, "You can lay your head back on the ground, let your hair fall all around me, offer up your best defense." This is the end of the innocence. Okay, that line has always felt a little rapey. Yeah, yeah. just a little bit. I rapey. wish I would have done that creepy laugh there. That <laughs> was terribly tough. I, is that? Do you take that yeah, the same it's way? A, it, well, I, I heard some people say like the take on that versus the American side of it. Yeah. Like, what what is this song really all about? Yeah, like, is it about you know? So I heard some about parents and divorce going that route. And then I heard some about like the rape toys. There's so many different takes. I just, I I get like, I'm with, I totally believe this song is about, you know, American idealism and chipping away at at all that. So I don't quite understand how that, 
how that fits into it. I just wonder if, or if maybe that's sort of, you know, you've got a picture of, because he's talking about, I know a place where we can go is still untouched by man, you know, to wash away the sin. And, you know, we can sit and watch the cloud roll, clouds roll by. Let's go to an innocent place. And so then I don't understand where that comes in. Like, okay, let's go out in a field and just lay down and look up at the sky. And then... End it with that line, which is also the title track of the album, which yeah, is the whole... Every- I don't I don't quite understand how that fits. So, Don Henley, if you're listening... Please explain. Could you just tweet at us and let us know exactly where that turn is? Because, like... Even if you just say, it's about America. Yeah. We got you. I, like, I get it. It works. But that line has always tweaked me just, just a little bit. But I a just, beautiful song. Beautiful song. Gorgeous song. But if that's... If that's where we're headed on the course, then maybe, I don't know. I wonder, I, the one thing I don't know is how much Don Henley had in the writing and how much Bruce had in the writing. Do you know the... Yes, well, my understanding the, is that Bruce wrote the music. All the music, all no the lyrics. Music and probably the melody. Okay. And that uh, and that Don Henley wrote the lyrics. Actually, you may have, I, I don't know about the melody. I shouldn't say that. What I read was that Bruce had written the music years prior. I do like the that, intro melody on oh, the piano. Oh, I love, I love, love that. that. Um and it's got um, I love how sort of the top note of that it's a you get a um, yeah, let's do some theory talk here let's do a little bit of theory talk I think Don Henley's is in G if I'm not yes, mistaken Henley's is in G I'm yeah. not sure Bruce what, is in A flat okay. believe it or not it's a half step higher even though the way they sing it is, is it different. really I'm pretty sure I think because but they sing in different octaves or like different uh, oh, sorry not, like that's what it different is different registers yes. Bruce sings in his lower register okay that's what it is I think interesting that's okay when I've played along with it okay so the, the the riff itself uh, uses at least for part of it what's called a quartal voicing Q-U-A-R-T-A-L quart meaning four like if you have you know four quarts to a gallon um, where notes are separated by uh, a fourth in, in scale degrees so like here comes the bride that you know, you're talking about an interval of a fourth there. So you get a quartal voicing. Uh, so if you're in the key of G and you put a G up top, a fourth below it is a D and a fourth below that is an A. Okay. So if you start, the riff starts off with a, just a G power chord, G, D, G, right? And then the low part of it moves the, the, the left, uh, the, the lowest note moves up to an A, which gives you a chordal voicing. So it's going... And when he's saying the left, he means the lowest of the right hand if yeah, you're playing sorry. on piano. The leftmost note, put my left not, hand Not your bass hand. Yes. Um, so in other words, you end up briefly with a chordal voicing in there, which I love. Quartal and quintal voicings where notes are separated by fourths and fifths. I just love. Uh, That's a really good theory. Pioneered by uh, composer Aaron Copeland, if you ever want to study some quartal and quintal voicings. The... Uh, the song from the is the Marines, the bum 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 bum. Oh, I wish I could remember what it's called. We played it in high school. Anyway, uh, but you get that cool chordal voicing that when your root note is here. Uh, 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 it's really cool, um, great sounding, and of course Bruce Horn sounds like taps, all kinds of that stuff. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's that's your that's your theory on on that. I just love it. I think it's a great riff. Uh, I love that the top note never changes. Um, I mean, it does eventually over the chord changes, but over the main riff, your your top note is still gives a really interesting sound. Anyway, 
For anybody who's still listening. <laughs> <laughs> Not you, Dean Castronova. <laughs> Not you, Dean Castronova. Oh, Stevie Nicks. Who have we offended this episode? Mickey Dillons. Oh, so Dean many. Castronova. Rock royalty. Stevie Nicks. Mm. Don Henley, probably. Probably. Um, Don Henley. Anyway, we're just out here making friends on not, the internet. Not our A game today. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't come to play nice. I came to review <laughs> pop music. <laughs> uh, okay. Do you have any other any other notes of interest for us on End of the Innocence? No, nah, the only other... I had a little verse tie-in to the... I had a Bible verse tie-in with the beating plowshares into swords line. Mm-hmm. I, I read that that's actually an inversion mm-hmm. or a reversing of the words from... Uh, Isaiah 2, 4, and he shall judge the nations and shall rebuke many people, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares, yep. where it's backwards. Yep. And then again in Joel three ten, it actually says, uh, beat your plowshares into swords. So it actually says it the right way there. No, not the right, or the, the Henley way. It, wait a minute. In, in, in Joel, it says, beat your plowshares into swords. Beat your plowshares into swords. into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Huh. Let the, weak say I, let the weakling say I am strong. Okay, well, there we so go. There you go. I don't. Good, I good did job. not realize spiritual, there was a uh, spiritual dawn there. reversed uh, reversed usage of one that night, in one. scripture somewhere. Yeah. Okay, well, I, I guess I need to go read the Bible. <laughs> kind of how uh, we should end that one. Okay. Right? Uh, so everybody, make sure if you're if you're beating plowshares when you go out and beat your plowshares today, um, later here in a bit when you're done with the podcast, <laughs> just be careful. They get sharp, you know. Yeah, when you when they're becoming sword like, just I'll make sure you. you're handling with heavy duty gloves. Um. So yeah. All right. We're gonna move along. Thanks so much for listening to the uh, Great Song Podcast today. If you're listening on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, wherever you're listening today, uh, thank you so much. Be sure to uh, subscribe. Give us a good rating. Leave us a comment. Let us know what songs you would like to hear on the Great Song Podcast. Let us know if this song's a little rapey. I mean, <laughs> just just let us know. What do you think about it? I'm not sure. Um. So, yeah, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Go listen to some music.